Haini pi, haini pi, haini pi. Wajaniwina, hijankishana, hini karagiwina. Hanachni pi, harajawida, hini gidawi. Good morning and greetings from the land of 11 nations, or as everyone else calls it, Wisconsin. Before I begin, I just want to make clear that the following diatribe is my opinion. I have no proof that anything I say is true. This could very well be the ravings of a disturbed mind, but this is just how I feel. We have a great nation with the ability to make it greater. We have the opportunity to do so many great things for our people that I get frustrated when I see us shoot ourselves in the foot repeatedly. At this very moment, there are people in this world starting businesses, creating new wealth and opportunities for themselves and those associated with them. I want that for us. I'm tired of us clinging to this gaming industry. I want so much more for our people in terms of opportunity. We cling to this industry because it's all we know. It's who we are. We are comfortable with it. And it's scary to step outside of your comfort zone. I started Chipotle for the express purpose of beginning a dialogue with the nation. I wanted a vehicle that where all members of our nation could voice their opinions, share their thoughts and dreams through the electronic and digital media. It has taken a sharp detour, much of it of my own doing, from my own myopic and misguided views. That being said, if you wish to contact me, you can do so at uh, moneykakseek at gmail.com. That's M-A-N-I-K-A-K-S-I-K at gmail.com. You can also reach me through the Chipotle Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Feel free to leave a thought, an opinion, a criticism, or maybe you'd like to come on a show. If you're a member of the Office of the President, Judiciary, Legislator, or you're simply an employee of the nation, and you'd like to share your thoughts as a Ho-Chunk Nation citizen, message me up and we'll start working to get you on. Now, let's get on with the podcast. We're all very lucky to be living in such exciting times. Every day I wake up and I'm greeted by a cavalcade of good and bad news. It takes me 20 minutes just to get through emails, DMs, postings, and then I still have to get through the news. All this excitement and enthusiasm right before the general council is absolutely heart-stopping. You know, if we had this kind of enthusiasm throughout the year, general council would be a snap. By snap, I mean we would be working to advance resolutions that would alter the course of our nation in a positive manner. Because during a year, we would all be involved in the governance of our nation. Not just the five or ten people who show up at area meetings, but the bulk of our nation, creating online discussion groups, having legislators discuss legislation with their constituents, answering questions in open forums. The whole chunk nation offering ideas and presenting plans for officials and other tribal members to comment on. I looked at uh, Facebook around uh, 5 p.m. here on the 9th of September and saw that General Counsel had been pushed back to December 11th behest of um, President White Eagle. Citing the rise in Delta and Mu variants of the Wuhan, the $150 stipend for those in attendance and the difficulties with our ID department, but with them working double duty to try to get the nation back online after the network outage. This expected September 18th General Council promised to be a rip-roaring good time. Fireworks of plenty and lively debate were sure to be had. Now we have to take a breath and realign ourselves. 
who knows what tomorrow may bring. Perhaps a lawsuit challenging the president's authority to delay a general counsel. Who knows? We all know when we we all know when we tramp through the doors together and make quorum, September eighteenth or December eleventh, or somewhere in between. Oh yeah, I was pretty upset that after our runoff election for a vacant Area Three legislative seat, Shelby Visentine wasn't uh, immediately seated. Uh, so I fired off a text and said, "Hey, what gives? You rushed these elections through slickered and puppy poo. Now I gotta wait a month for uh, my rep to be seated." So, the election board calmly pointed me to Article 8, Section 6, 7, and 8 of our Constitution. I said, oh, thank you. The Constitution is a wonderful document if we all take the time to read it. Uh, we had an entry into the political discussion within the last couple of days. Uh, Shunta Kach entered the political arena. And while I personally am not a big fan, said individual generated discussion bringing thoughts and ideas to what our democracy needs. Let's look at the individuals who represent us. Let's look at what they bring to the table. Are said individuals loud, abrasive, uncouth, and just ignorant to the nth degree? Do the people who represent us bring ideas to move our nation forward? Do these people bring respect and honor to our people? Do they help us? Do they steal from us? Do they respect others? Are they tedious individuals who are rude and ugly to those who do they disagree with? Do they represent this uh, Kishakwash Act that Representative Kristen White Eagle introduced to the Office of the Presidency? Since all the removal notices were handed out, I have noticed some very lively and spirited debates on Facebook. So though in no way am I a fan, Shunk Takach has generated debate. And I don't believe that was his intention, but that is what he accomplished. So, good for him. Now for the fireworks. So far, President White Eagle, Vice President Thundercloud, and Representative Brinegar have all been served with removal notices. Let's go to extremes and say we make quorum, and all three are removed. According to our Constitution, Article 9, Section 9, Subsection E, our senior legislators would immediately call a legislative meeting to elect a Vice President Pro Tem until an election can be held. Has anybody thought about the stability of our nation? Is lopping off heads for the sake of immediate political gratification good for us? Remember, we are still living with the ramifications of snap judgments. We dissolved the GCA without having a plan to deal with its dissolution. The legislature stepped in and created their own entity that could control the general counsel. Before we get all giddy and start firing relatives just because we don't like the cut of their jib, let's take a deep breath and take a good long look at long-term ramifications of our actions. For all the years we have uh, had a legislature who's ruled the roost, for good or bad, they have exercised power over the nation in all manner of things. Their power grab was instituted in response to the chairman of the WWBC. The framers of our Constitution wanted a more equitable distribution of power from just one person to representatives of all the people. In the following years, the legislature assumed more and more power and succeeding presidents failed to challenge their authority. They did challenge the legislature. Removal was always the answer. So here we are now with a president who is challenging the constitutional authority of the legislature. Legally and methodically, the office of the president has filed numerous cases against the legislature for acting outside their legally mandated role. Now in these actions... 
I see no divisive nature in the Ho-Chunk Nation citizenry. We have a constitution where powers and responsibilities are clearly delineated, delineated, easy for me to say, and the legislature has assumed power for which they do not legally have. I see an orderly legal challenge from one branch of our government to another. I see no corruption. I see the legislature thwarting the will of the people through legislative machinations designed to lessen the impact of GC resolutions on their governance and legal orders from the Office of the Presidency. The Office of the President and the General Counsel have been challenging the legislature through legal actions, and the legislature has either ignored, slow-walked, or stonewalled such cases. If I have pointed out repeatedly, every member of our legislature has publicly stated that they want to help their people and hear to the Constitution. I've never sat in their chair, and so I don't know what pressure our legislatures are under, legislators are under. But I know when people file suit against our legislature and then our legislators fails to fund legal representation to pursue these suits without an explanation as to why, I have questions. And speaking of lawyers and legal representation, our legislature has the use of numerous lawyers and firms. I have asked publicly how much money have our legislators spent on lawyers just in the past 10 years. Would the legislature ever give us a total breakdown of, on all the money they have spent on lawyers, consultants, and lobbyists just for the Linwood debacle? While I'm done, while I'm asking, are we done pouring money down that pipe dream or are we still going to pursue it if the Illinois Gaming Board grants us a license? Another question, um, <clears throat> how much has the Office of the Presidency spent on legal fees during the same period? During the same 10 years, how much money has been allocated by the legislature's for cases brought by general counsel against the legislature. Still, speaking of lawyers and our legal representation, our legislature has a use of numerous lawyers and firms. The reason I bring this up because how do brand new legislatures who have no training in tribal administration procedures or law and who have publicly stated they're wanting to help their people suddenly overnight become legislative activists and defenders. Is there a guiding hand behind the legislature? Is there a force that doesn't care about what happens to our nation as long as they're billable hours to be gleaned from the nation's coffers? I'm sure if we, the people, had a definitive accounting of how much money we are paying for legal representation and help in defending le legislative decisions, we all might see things in a different light. <clears throat> As I said earlier, I'm not a whole chunk of legislature, never played one on TV or the radio, so I don't know the pressure that they operate under. However, I do know that they are operating and have been operating outside their legally established domain for quite a while. With the guidance of outside legal help, our legislature can continue to block, stonewall, and slow walk legal challenges to their authority on a daily basis. A conversation was held early in President White Eagle's administration by a lawyer who represented the nation in Madison, stating that President White Eagle was dangerous. That same lawyer also fed false information to one of our past presidents that the President of the United States wanted said president in a position in his administration. The lawyer was doing that as a joke, so that the law firm who, who takes our money is laughing at us around the water cooler. And why a lawyer representing us why would he state that President Whitey was dangerous? 
dangerous to who? Certainly not the people who, uh, certainly not his people. Well, who else could President Whitey be a danger to? We all might see things as a different in a different light, as I said earlier. But as long as the status quo is, a, is maintained, outside legal influences can and will continue to drain our treasury. Why is it that two other indigenous nations were able to apply, get authorization from the state and federal governments, build and open their casinos before we get before we got our federal approval? I'm sure there were legal teams billing us during all of this time we were treading water. Well, helping us, I mean. In conclusion, the division between our legislature and the office of the president, in my ignorant opinion, is not generated by our people. I think it's being fanned by legal forces outside of our government. The division is being perpetrated in an effort to continue generating billable hours for legal institutions by creating a huge divide between our legislature and our people. Hey, you know what? I could be a crazy old coot howling at the moon on a cloudy night. All the presidents that have been threatened with removal or removed could have been working against their people all the time, while our legislature has been steadfastly burning the midnight oil to move our nation forward. But uh, Project Forward, Linwood, Spectra, oh yeah, I believe Spectra is back and I believe they want their money. Litigation, more money for law firms, goody-goody. All of these efforts show me we have serious issues to deal with. The two common denominators in all of this are legislatures and lawyers. It looks like we're getting played. After the Wuhan shut us down, we lost our per cap. The lawyers are still getting paid, though. You got to remember, law firms are not integral to the growth of our nation. Our elders, our educated professionals, our clan leaders, these should be the people who are the drivers of our nation. <laughs>